Hello, everybody. Welcome to my podcast. I am Jeremy Mathias, and podcasting is a thing that I used to do from time to time. But I took a break for a while and was laying low, and quite honestly, I was waiting for the popular demand so that I could say, back by popular demand. But that never happened, obviously, and so instead it's more of a, hey, remember that thing I used to do? I haven't done that in a while. Let's do that again. So here I am, back on the podcast, and what I wanted to do today is just tell a story, and this story has just sort of been on my mind today, and it's going to seem mostly random, and hopefully I'll explain why I've been thinking about it today by the end. So this story takes place my junior year of college at Bryan, and I was 21 years old, and it centers around our junior-senior banquet. Now, when we had a junior-senior banquet at Bryan, It was this big all-night activity. They loaded everybody up on buses. You would go somewhere nice to eat. You would go do a fun activity. And so I decided that I was going to participate in this banquet. Now, here's the thing about me and banquets, especially for school. I had never been big on them. We had junior-senior banquets in high school. I never attended. I would go hang out with friends afterwards, but I wouldn't go to the actual banquet. I was just sort of I don't know, rebellious in my own way. Uh, It's silly now, I understand. But this was new for me. I was like, I'm going to try, I'm going to do this banquet thing. And I was determined even I was going to go with somebody. I wasn't going to do the solo thing, which is what is more natural to me. So I thought of a person that I would ask, and it was basically based on this. A lot of my friends that were going had girlfriends that were all in a group of friends themselves. And so I thought, well, I'll ask one of the girls that hangs out in that group, and that way she's with friends, I'm with friends, we'll all be with friends together. And that was about the extent of why I chose the girl I did. But also, an idea came to me, an idea of how to ask this girl to banquet. Now, the custom at Brian was to come up with these elaborate special ways to ask a girl to banquet. You wouldn't just go up and say, would you like to go to banquet with me? That would be just too mature and straightforward. Instead, you had to lure her somewhere or trick her with something and give her flowers or do something to to draw attention. Basically, it was a way of making the girl feel like she can't say no because you put some effort into it. So I thought of a way that I could ask this girl, and mostly it was just clever to me. We'll see. You may think it's clever. You may not. But what I did is I wrote this story. And uh, I wrote the story about a guy and his thoughts on uh, going to a banquet and thinking about going, thinking about asking somebody. And basically it was me. The character was obviously representing me. And so I had this character uh, thinking about banquet and what he's going to do. And so we had to go to this meeting one of the nights, that night, I think, that very night that I had written it, with all the students. And I don't even remember what the meeting was about, but we dismiss, and we're walking out, and I'm talking to this girl that I'm acquaintances with, and we're just shooting the breeze, talking about whatever you do when you don't really know somebody well. So what are you majoring in? And she said, English. And I said, oh, you're majoring in English. Would you mind reading the story that I've written It's kind of about banquet. I just wrote some thoughts, and I hand it to her, and she starts reading it. And as the story goes on, as the character in the story is thinking about banquet, he himself goes and starts to write a story. And then he himself 
takes the story to a girl that he knows in the story to proofread the story. And so what happens is basically the story starts becoming very meta. You realize that uh, as she's reading it, the story is exactly what's happening in our situation. And it gets to the point where it says on the paper, the girl, as she read, realized the paper was actually about her and she was being asked to banquet and it ended with, and her name said, dot, dot, dot. Oh, the story's about her. She's in the story. She didn't even know she got roped in. She chuckled a little. She said yes. Handed me back the paper. Awesome. Also, I'm super awkward, so this is an acquaintance. You said yes. That's cool. I didn't have much else to say. To be honest, I was mostly just psyched that the universe actually aligned and allowed me to play off this paper in a natural way and the whole little hook worked and I was more excited about that than the fact that uh, she actually said yes. She was a cool girl, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to downplay uh, the fact that I was going to go with a girl who's pretty cool. But then here's what happens. Okay, that's the high point of the story. What happens from there is she had a, a friend. She had Well, she had two cousins there that played baseball. And they were friends with a guy, and they would hang out together a lot. And I noticed that her and this guy that was friends with her cousins would hang out quite a bit. And what I didn't realize is a relationship was budding there. And it became quite apparent when I went to uh, sign up for the banquet. A few days later, you had to go actually sign up your name if you're going with somebody so that you could pay for tickets and they know how many people are going. And I went up to the girl who was at the table taking the names and I said, I'm going to the banquet. And she said, are you taking somebody? And I said, yes, I'm taking this girl. And she looked at me like I was lying and said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And she says, did you ask her? And I said, yes. And she said, yes. And she goes, oh, I guess I assumed she was going with this other guy. And I come to find out that, like, basically now they are full-fledged in a relationship. Oops. Uh, maybe part of this is on her, though, because she could have told me no, although I sprung it on her, so now I feel bad because maybe I tricked her and... Uh, Maybe she really wants to go with this other guy. He wasn't a junior or a senior anyways, though, so he couldn't, I guess, technically have asked her or gone. I don't know. So I started debating to myself, oh, what's the right thing to do here? Do I just step aside? Do I go to this guy and say, hey, dude, it's your girlfriend. I feel weird now. I'm sorry I did that. I didn't know. We were just acquaintances anyways. I didn't really know her. That's why I didn't see this coming. You take her. But then I thought, no. That's, that's what typical me would do, and that's how I'd end up not going to the banquet. That's how I'd end up at the dorm by myself doing nothing, not having fun on that night. And I said, I've determined to myself, I'm going to this banquet. I'm going to have fun. So even though this is probably going to be awkward, I'm going to go. So then to make matters even worse, a few days before the banquet, I went to bed with what I thought was a blister from playing intramural soccer. But the next morning I woke up and my second to biggest toe on my left foot, I believe, 
was swollen twice the size it normally is, and it was very red, and on the top of it was a large white pus bubble. And I'm gonna, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna sidetrack now. You're gonna get a story inside of a story because I wanna tell you a little bit about this spider bite because it's fun stuff too. It was so bad that I went to the athletic trainers at Bryan College. The, the athletic trainers, I hadn't bothered the whole year. I played basketball that year and I didn't bother them the whole time playing basketball. But after the season, I end up with this toe that I just thought, oh no, it's an infected blister. And I go see the trainers. I had a hard time walking on it. It was so sensitive. And I go there, and the, one of the female trainers is in there, and she's grossed out by the toe. And I was like, I think I have an infected blister. And she looks at it, and she goes, I think you have a spider bite. And I was like, oh, well, that sounds awful, too. And she goes, well, I'll tell you what we can do. We can lance it, which I learned means stab it. And if it drains and nothing happens, it was probably an infected blister. But if we drain it and it fills back up, you got yourself a spider bite. All right, let's do that. And I could tell she was squeamish about doing it, and a, a guy trainer walks in, and she goes, Hey, would you like to do this for me? And he said, uh, No, but he pulls up a stool. I'm going to watch you do it because this is funny. And he looks, and he goes, Oh, yeah, that's one of those nice, big, gross ones that tends to squirt out when you poke it. And so she takes it, and she's squeamish, and she pokes my little pus bubble on my toe and it shoots out and it hits her in the face and it's super gross and I was like I, I'm sorry but I couldn't really control it I just felt bad that she had to do it and they were like yeah this it filled back up she said it looks like a spider bite you should go see a doctor and I said well that's that's I guess I'll do that you guys wouldn't happen to have any crutches would you because it's so tender I had a hard time walking and they looked at each other like that's bad and I looked at them like what that's bad and so they got me crutches, and I was hopping around, hobbling around on campus, pretty pathetic. And so I had to go to a doctor. Doctor saw it, and he said, yeah, it's probably a spider bite. It looks like a brown recluse bite. But I can't say for sure unless I were to actually see the spider, which I didn't have because I didn't know it was a spider bite. But even if I knew at the moment the spider bit me, my first response would probably not be, ow. I should preserve you for scientific verification. Anyways, so he gives me pills. He says, uh, take these. You're lucky you came here. If you didn't catch it early, there's a good chance your toe rots and falls off, which I would not have liked, uh, so I'm glad I went to the doctor. And he said, it's probably going to get about 50% worse before it gets better, which, by the way, I learned afterwards, 50% worse I thought would mean it might get larger, redder, or the white pus bubble might get bigger. No, instead it means my toe will turn dark, the pus bubble will turn black, and then eventually, after days of worrying, is this 50% or 100% worse, the black thing scabbed over and fell off and my toe started to regain color, and it ended up fine. But all that happened after the banquet, so back to the banquet. I saw uh, the girl that I was going to be going with in the cafeteria. She saw me on crutches. I crutched over to where her, some of her friends were sitting, and I sat down, and we were talking. They're like, what happened? I told them, and I thought in my head, I bet she's thinking in her head, oh, hmm, he's on crutches. Maybe he can't go, but I assured her that's not the case. I still intend to go, and I thought maybe I should bring it up that, we were, you know, I wasn't 
asking if she wanted to get out of it. And then I was like, no, because if I bring it up, she might be like, yeah, that would be best if we didn't go. And then I would not be going. And I wanted to go. I was determined I was going to go to this banquet. I was going to have fun. Night of the banquet comes and we go. And it's super awkward because most people get together with their dates and it's like picture time and everyone's so happy. And I crutch over to her and I'm like, hey, hope this is fun. We're not going to take any pictures because she has a boyfriend. I'm not him. And it's awkward. We're just acquaintances who really don't know enough to converse that much. And we get on the bus that we're going to go on to this banquet. There's a couple buses. And on that bus is almost all baseball players. And her boyfriend is a baseball player who all the guys on the bus would rather have there than me. And so perhaps it was just in my head, but probably not. I felt as though everyone didn't like me on that bus that night. And I felt awkward. Tried to make conversation on the bus. And it was weird. Because, uh, again, I was just not going to bring up the fact, like, hey, sorry that that's me here. I was like, I'm just not going to bring it up. And so we go to a fancy dinner. I don't know, that's all right. The important thing is, what is the fun activity we're going to do? Because they always went and did a fun activity. Like the next year I went, and everybody went to Dave and & Buster's and played games, played arcade games. It was, it was a blast. And then they went out on this, we went out on some sort of boat on water, uh, as boats tend to be on water. And that's a fun time. But this year, our fun activity was going ice skating. Something you definitely need healthy feet for. So that didn't go well for me. So I set out in the lobby area where it was mostly if everyone who wasn't skating was just about all the close couples who just wanted to sit around and be loving toward each other. Uh, The girl I was with... Bless her. Uh, I'm so glad she did because I didn't want her to sit around and feel awkward. That was just what it made me feel worse. She went out and ice skated and played the ice skating games. That's cool. And I sat there by myself like, I feel kind of weird. But despite all that, that's that's basically how the night wrapped up. That's about the banquet. The banquet ended. Uh, I don't even, honestly, I don't know if I saw the girl that I went with again. It was fine. Like, I'm happy she went off and had fun because I just would have felt worse if she wasn't having fun. But that was the end of the banquet. And so everything about the banquet just seemed like a failure. But I didn't think of it that way. I actually ended up really looking back fondly on that banquet. And I felt like I had a lot of fun and my attitude just stayed really positive the entire time. And this is a story I haven't ever told before, I don't think. Because it's just not a a fun story of, oh, that clever way that I asked a girl to banquet one time and then it turned super awkward because the situation and then oh I went to a banquet and didn't do a lot of fun things because I was on crutches like that just doesn't make a good story but the reason it's on my head today of all days because it's Mother's Day as I'm recording this is that growing up I used to argue with my mom a lot because I was stubborn and she was stubborn but she wanted what was best for me and I just wanted to be grumpy about things and honestly I blamed most everything on things outside of myself and my mom used to have this saying she would say to me all the time that drove me crazy and that saying was life is what you make it and I would get so mad every time she would say that because I would I was just I was kind of an angry kid and didn't always I wasn't always positive about life and I was so negative 
and I would just say, Mom, like, quit telling me life is what you make it. I can't help it when situations suck. I can't help it when people are hard to get along with. Quit making it my fault. And she would just stubbornly say, life is what you make it, Jeremy. Just make it good, and it'll be good. And it would drive me crazy. And at the beginning of my junior year, I lost my mom to cancer. And months later, we had this banquet. And it was probably the first time that I think I really embraced the slogan that life is what you make it. And all through that process, as I was determined, I wasn't going to have a bad time at banquet. I was going to go. I was going to do all the normal things, and I was going to have fun. I kept reciting that slogan that my mom had in my head, life is what you make it, and I'm going to make this fun. And it was funny, as it just felt like everything that was thrown as obstacles in the way was saying, it's not going to be fun, Jeremy. You're... you're situation with the girl you're going it's going to be awkward you're going to be injured it's just not going to be fun and I just I'm going to have fun anyways and I had fun and I just thought in that moment I wish mom was here because she would be proud of me and I could tell her mom you were right it took me 21 years but you're right I get it life is what you make it and I think that I honestly had a shift in my personality at that point in my life and I've been mostly a positive person I feel like since then I still say I'm a recovering pessimist because I still have tendencies but for the most part I feel like I have a positive outlook on life and I feel like when I get to heaven once I see my mom once I get a chance to hug her and embrace her one of the first conversations I want to have is mom did you did you see that you know let me tell you about the story it was your slogan. It finally clicked with me. Life is what you make it. You finally had that positive impact on me. I'm so sorry it was too late. But I love you and thank you for that lesson. So that's my silly random story for the day. I'm sorry it took me so long to tell it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you had a good Mother's Day. I hope you hugged your mother, told her that you love her, and remember, mothers always know best. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I'll see you next time.